You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello, hello. Happy Championship Friday. It is Friday, yeah. And you have reached the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone doing this wonderful day? I hope you're doing great. I hope you get a chance to listen to this as well as many other podcasts on the Locked On Network over the weekend preparing for these two great games. And I'm going to get to them in a minute, but there's one little thing I did Late last night, I got kind of a bug up my butt and was like, and, and I've been preaching this for a long time, and I'm not the only one doing it. I mean, I've heard other people think of it. I wasn't the one that thought of it. Don't get me wrong. But missed field goals equal turnovers. What do you, I've, some of you are like, yeah, I know this, Matt. You've told me this before. Some of you are like, what the heck are you talking about? Think about this. If it's third down, your quarterback gets sacked seven yards behind the line of scrimmage, ball comes out, big defensive lineman falls on it, Defense is ball. Why is that different than a play later when a field goal kicker misses and we give them the ball right there anyways? Or you throw a pick and they return it seven yards past your original line of scrimmage and finally you tackle them. So, in fact, it's even worse. You know, it's you missed the opportunity to put the ball through the uprights and get three points and then kick them deeper, presumably. And especially on long field goals, you give them pretty darn good starting field position. It's a turnover. A missed field goal is a turnover. So I had this conversation a lot during the day with my Steeler Nation radio folks. And then I searched for it last night of where can I find this? I couldn't find it anywhere. Like no one else thinks of it that way. I'm wrong. Many people think of it that way, but he couldn't find the stat readily available. So I went to, you know, a general site, ESPN or NFL.com or whatever, and I pulled up everyone's over-under or over under turnover differential for the 2018 season. And then I went back and I found every time, every missed kick. So I minus them from the equation. If you were zero in turnover differential and you missed four kicks throughout the year, you're now minus four. So that's Matt's turnover differential. And again, I didn't come up with this. But so by that means, I found it very interesting. You know, like some of these teams where you wonder... Boy, they're better. Than, their record's a little bit better than they really are. You know why? Why is that? Is that a fluke? We know the the importance of turnover differential, but the best team in the league by this new metric is Seattle. They were one. They were plus ten. Houston was plus eight. So those were two teams that, yeah, they were good teams in the regular season, but maybe they were a little bit better than their talent. You know, when it was all said and done, and that would certainly add up. You know, Kansas City, New Orleans, Chicago, New England, and the Rams were next. They're the best teams in the league. They should be. But how about these ones? You know, the next ones up were Washington, Miami, Denver, Cleveland. All those teams might have a better record than you would think their, uh, you know, talent would would lend itself. So, the two things that really stood out to me though were the Vikings. The Vikings are 23rd on this list, but they missed the most field goals in the league. They missed 10 field goals last year. And I'm buzzing through this. No other team missed more than seven. So all you Vikings fans that are out there going, boy, this was a down year. We shouldn't have signed Kirk Cousins. Our offensive line stinks. We, you know, we got to fire Zimmer. All these things are wrong. Sometimes the answer 
isn't as obvious, and I'm not saying this is a true answer, but turnover differential, missing 10 field goals, makes it hard for the best of teams to go to the playoffs. I mean, that's what I'm telling you. These are, they were, the Vikes are now 23rd ranked in my turnover differential, where they were even going, in, you know, by traditional turnover differential. The other ones that really stood out to me, and this is why I did it, and yeah, I'm a homer, and I'm talking about the Steelers, but the worst teams in the league were San Francisco, and this was the most startling stat I found when I fiddled this, was they only had seven turnovers created all year and only two interceptions in 16 games. Tampa was 31st. Yeah, I mean, both these teams went through a lot of quarterbacks. Winston and Fitzpatrick throw you know, pick after pick. Not surprising. The Steelers were 30th, though. They're minus 18 with seven missed kicks and a minus 11 turnover differential to start. You want to talk about why the Steelers didn't miss the field, miss the uh, postseason by half a game? That number needs to change. You know, like, and it probably will. Most of these will probably go back to the mean. But, like, the worst teams in the league are in this neighborhood. Oakland's minus 12. The Jets are minus 13. Jacksonville at minus 15. Why did Jacksonville get off the rails? Arizona, minus 17. But the Steelers really stand out as one of the better teams that's really, really low in this department. The Eagles are also tied for 24th, 25th at minus 11. You know, so some perennially good teams, Minnesota, Philly, especially the Steelers, this combination really, really hurts them in terms of, you know, you're minus 18 in true turnover differential. I'm going to call it true turnover differential. It's awfully hard to be better than 9-6-1. and one. And in a way, I think that and go, it's kind of remarkable that they were 9-6-1. and one. All right. So I got that out of my system. Is it something I was fiddling with last night? And it was a little Steel-eccentric, but I think it's the way you need to look at these things. And now let's get into these games. We're just going to start with the AFC. And, well, before we start, Overview here. I'm loving the old versus new quarterback dynamic. I think that's really fun. I'm loving the four probably best coaches in the league dynamic. That's pretty awesome. And a guy like Andy Reid trying to get his his you know get his first one and uh, McVay in the class with these guys now. I mean maybe that's premature, but he's pretty darn good. Won a lot of games as a Rams head coach. Um. And to be honest, I don't have, don't take my picks real strong. I mean, I don't have a great feel for either one of these games of who's going to win the game. I think it's the four best teams. I think they're great matchups. I can't wait to watch it. That doesn't mean I'm not going to break it down or I haven't put time into it. I just think that in the end, Mahomes is going to put on a show and they're going to win. Or Aaron Donald's going to put on a show and they're going to win. Or Michael Thomas is going to be the best player in the field and they're going to win. You know what I mean? Like, some star is going to come to play. Brady will be flawless and won't, you know, Belichick will steal the show. I mean, it's just really even football. The lines are about the same. They favor the home team by about a field goal, which basically tells you Vegas thinks these are equal teams. But let's start with the AFC. Start with the, the Chiefs D. The pass rush is awesome. And the D, I tweeted this today. The defense has allowed half as many points at home as on the road this year. Think about that. That's crazy. It's and this has been going back for like the last 34 games. Chiefs at the Chiefs D at home being much better than Chiefs D on the road is a real thing. And I think a lot of it's because they have three great pass rushers and it's going to be loud and they're going to get the you know the jump and you know the tackles aren't going to be able to hear and all that great stuff. 
And I don't think Brady handles or likes pressure nearly as much as he did earlier in his career. That being said, that's kind of the only thing I like in the Chiefs' advantage when New England has the ball. I think those Chiefs linebackers are slow. I think they're going to get exposed. Edelman on crossers. White. I mean, James White might have 100 catches in this one. Even dumping it to Michelle and Burkhead. And I think the Patriots are absolutely going to play with heavy personnel. Devlin plays a lot of snaps and is a great lead blocker. Gronk has basically become a killer offensive tackle at this stage. Uh, Dwayne Allen's a really good blocker, more of a movement guy, but he's a good blocker. So I think they're going to force the Chiefs to play with their heavier personnel. And we know their run defense isn't very good. So I think you're going to get lead plays with that big offensive line. A lot of Michelle carries, a lot of white catches, a lot of patient Brady just taking the three-yard three dump off and being happy about it. And I know Eric Berry is supposed to play, and I hope he looks wonderful, but my hunch is he won't. I mean, when's the last time he played? Um, and he could help in that middle-of-the-field situation. And maybe the Chiefs totally sell out to play the run. Maybe. But then I think that Brady, that might be the move. I mean, if they have, if they are able to slow down the Patriots, maybe it's our pass rush gets home and we force them to throw deep. But I still think that Belichick and McDaniels and Brady will find things that they like. I mean, their personnel is better. And if they can get the Pats in third and long consistently or even here and there, then you're talking. I mean, then you might create a big play or a big hit on Brady. Again, those three pass rushers are legit and they are scary. But overall, I think that they will bully them and they'll nickel and dime them to death. And maybe you'll play action over the top and hit one. You know, I mean, Brady still throws the ball well. And it doesn't sound like Weathers would be as big a deal as we thought. So when Mahomes and Reed have, or, you know, come to shine here, if I look at this through Belichick's eyes, which I'm not Bill Belichick, don't get me wrong. And I didn't invent, you know, field goals, missed field goals or turnover either. But I would think more than anyone, you know, the damage an awesome tight end can do. And I would think. What we have, what we can't let beat us is Kelsey going for nine for 120 and two touches and rumbling down the middle of the field. And then Hill's secondary, you know, don't let up the big play. Don't let up the big play. But boy, there's not really an answer for this defense. And I think it's really favorable that Sammy Watkins looked as good as he did last week because I think he'll find matchups to his liking that that's going to be down the list for Belichick. And I also think Damian Williams will run for a lot of yards. I, I really do. I think the Chiefs are probably about the best team schematically at spreading a defense out and making them play in space. And this is a really slow defense that doesn't do that well at all. I, I think that's a massive, massive problem. Making you, quote, you know, cover every blade of grass. And you know Mahomes can put that ball on any blade of grass in the field, basically. So I don't like that. Um, how do they handle Mahomes? I think they'll vary things. I mean, they already played him once, so I think that helps Belichick at least. But no one's really found a weakness to this kid. And if anyone will, it'll be Belichick, obviously. But my hunch is you see a lot of three-man rushes. I mean, drop, flooding zones with eight defenders, not knowing where that guy's going to be, really varying where those things are. Bracket Kelsey easier because of it. You're probably not going to get to Mahomes anyways, and you're going to slow rush him. 
It's a good line. Maybe Trey Flowers causes a little bit of problems, but mm. I don't know about that. Um, so I think, you know, Mahomes is just really, really good. You know, I just don't think there's an answer. But if, if we're sitting here talking Sunday night and say, wow, Belichick has just showed us again, he answered the unanswerable question and figured out a way to befuddle Mahomes that I'm not selling that short. I think that's a possibility. But I got the Chiefs here at home by about five or six. Really good game. Their special teams are actually superior, which is surprising because, you know, usually the Pats are never in that department. Um, but, man, I don't feel good about picking scores. But I think that's the way both these teams attack one another. All right. NFC. These teams met before. Let's talk about, I guess, when the Saints have the ball. Michael Thomas is just a huge key to this game. And when they met before, for the most part, Peters followed him and got abused. And generally speaking, they're uh, Peters on one side, Tlaib on the other side defense. But they showed us the importance of Thomas and the fear they had of him when they met before, but they didn't have their best corner. Tlaib's a much better player right now and this year than Peters. So I think that's something that the Rams fans should be at least a little bit excited about is, okay, Tlaib will follow Thomas. I think that's the way they'll do it. In the slot, I don't know. Although their slot corner is pretty good, but he'll get bullied. I mean, he's just a much smaller dude than Thomas. Tlaib has gone to the slot. Maybe he'll do that again uh, because they will scheme up ways to not have Tlaib on Thomas if he doesn't strict follow to the slot. And a the thing they do a lot is they'll put Kamara and Thomas on the same side of the field detached. That kind of makes it hard. You can't really double both that way. I don't think they really have any sort of answer for Kamara, especially as a receiver. Um, so that's a problem. But I think instead of trying to invent something to slow down Kamara, I think you'd not concede it, but you think, man, this stinks, but he's going to get his. Let's not let Thomas kill us too. Um. They took some shots last week to Ted Ginn, and him coming back, I think, is really important. But Breeze frightens me a little bit. I mean, can he complete a deep pass to Ted Ginn? Of course, of course. He nearly did last week, and you know. But I do think he has diminished arm strength at his age and at this stage of the season. I'm not seeing arm strength throws, and I don't think his deep passing has been as good. So my hunch is the Rams will... Okay, if you beat us over the top, so be it. I think they'll be a little more aggressive. I think that they'll put a few more bodies near the line of scrimmage to slow down that, that really good running game and maybe help with Kamara as a receiver. But maybe Teddy Ginn gets behind him. That would be huge, obviously. The pass rush, though, Saints, D line, or Saints offensive line is very, very good. And I do think Ingram will have success. I mean, the, the middle of that defense has been abused all year with the exception of last week. Last week, though, Phillips told you what you thought about Dak Prescott and sold out to stop Zeke. Basically gave the finger to Dak, Cowboys fans. I'm sorry, but that's what he did. That's not going to happen with Breeze. You know I mean? Even if Breeze's arm isn't where it was, they are not going to say, well, we'll just let Drew Breeze beat us. He's no good anymore. So, but I think they will dare him to go over the top if they can protect. And the key with that, of course, is my man Aaron Donald. Is Yes, the Saints offensive line's exceptional. But if Sue played like he did last week, ooh, and I know Donald's going to be probably the best player on the field, as he always is, and I've told you a million times, the Saints 
in the Breeze era really have done everything in their power and in their salary cap and everything to fortify the middle of the protection. Interior pressure versus Breeze is a problem. And he doesn't see as well. All his body's crashing in. He can't step up. He's got great feet. I think that's going to be a real problem here. On the other side of the ball, I don't trust Garrett Goff. Uh, I mean, of these three quarter or these four quarterbacks, clearly he's the one I treat I, I trust the least. I wonder how much McVeigh trusts him, to be honest with you. And I think the Saints might also dare them dare Goff to beat us. But I bet Brandon Cooks gets loose. And that's just kind of a hunch against his old team and the old building. If they're stacking the box to stop the run, I you know, a lot of play action. A lot of play action. Um, that'll be an interesting matchup, though, is Woods and Cooks against that secondary. I think it favors the Rams, but not by leaps and bounds. Lattimore's a really good player. Apple's solid. Safeties are good. No Rankins, though, is big for me. Um, that older Rams line look rejuvenated after that bye and were killing people last week. And they do such a good job at devising blocking angles because of the pre-snap motion and jet motion and things like that where those, those aggressive young Dallas linebackers were a step or two to the left, and boy, that makes Whitworth or Sullivan or one of those guys just get the perfect block on you. It's that fine a line sometimes. And I like the Saints linebackers, Anzalone, Davis, good athletes, but they are kind of fast-flow, free-playing guys that I think will bite on jet action and play action. And then you're going to get Gurley or Anderson on outside zone, inside zone, with a really good line coming downhill at you. And the Saints front, even without Rankins, is quite good. And their defensive tackles are not well, you know, household names without him, but are still pretty quality players. Jordan's great, and I think he will give Havenstein a lot of problems. I mean, it's just a fact, more or less. But you might see more double tight end sets to help with those edge dudes. Um, Goff's going to have to make some throws, and that's the part that scares me. I'm taking the Rams to win. I think they're playing better football right now, but the Goff situation is usually a bad recipe. I mean, taking the lesser quarterback on the road in a tough environment and the biggest game going usually doesn't yield a lot of money, you know what I mean? So I think they're the better team. I think they'll run the ball, and those are the two keys. Is Can you not let Michael Thomas destroy you? And can you run the ball consistently, preferably up the middle? A lot of play action, a lot of misdirection and stuff too. Anderson hard charging, take shots off of there. Take things off Goff's plate. You know, Don't make him be Superman because if you do make him be Superman, you're not going to win. I got the Rams and I got the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs cover. I think the Rams win, so I'll take those points. But again... I think these games are going to be really fun, really equal. And Sunday night, I'm planning on talking to three of the four locked-on hosts again. You know, we'll see how things go, but one of them's going to be a loser, obviously. Uh, that'll be fun, though. And we'll have a Super Bowl set up, and I'll have to figure out next week as well for my schedule. But we'll certainly have, like, a Twitter Thursday or something like that thrown in as a little extra bonus prize, things we haven't done for a while. Um, and I'll find stuff, and we'll start leaning towards the draft here a little bit more, too. So that's a wrap. Thanks, everyone. Leave me a good review on iTunes and check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network.